God loves you. It's a plaque on a wall in your grandmother's house. It's another Instagram post with another sunset. It's a cheap band-aid on a fatal wound. But God does love you. It's the only reason anything will ever matter. It's the difference between eternal death and endless life. It's the hope that remains when despair is exhausted. It's your place at the table with the Father who has always wanted you. God loves you. That's why I bow on my knees to ask the Father to give you His power deep inside, to keep His Son rooted in your heart so you'll finally be strong enough to understand what cannot be known. God loves you. Lord, do you have any prayer requests? Prayer requests, yes, sir. Assessing you applying for an internship. Anybody else? Prayer request.
the prayer report. Yes. Yes. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let's enter into prayer believing. Healing, depression, wounds. Let's enter into prayer. I want to enter in uh, asking God to give us miracles wherever we need them and believing that we'll get them. I also want to enter in asking God to hear our prayer. Do and defer not. And repent of anything that might hinder us. Father, right now we ask, oh God, that you forgive us of anything that we've done that was contrary to your will. We bless your name, Lord. We praise you. We lift your name on high. You're a wonderful Savior, a mighty God. Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, we lift your name. We love you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. We believe you, Jesus. We believe every word. We believe your promises, Lord. We rely on you, Jesus. God, you say if we ask anything according to your will, that you would hear us. And if we know that you hear us, we know we have those petitions. We have that confidence, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being our God. 
Thank you for choosing us, Lord. Lord, we come to you tonight, Lord, asking for specific things. We're asking for success, for an internship, Lord. Asking for healing, oh God, for needs. Healing for Shalanda. Healing, oh God, for Camille's vocal cords. Direction for siblings, Lord. Lord, touch our families. Draw them in, Lord. Bring them closer to you. Healing for depression, oh God. Oh Lord, you're so able. You're able. You said death and life is in the power of the tongue. Lord, right now we speak healing to these situations. By the power and authority in your name, Lord. I believe it, Lord. I thank you for it, Jesus. Now, God, direct us tonight, Lord. Lord, anoint our ears, our hearts, our minds. Touch us, Lord, that we receive what it is that you have for us. We give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor. Our Savior, our God. Thank you, Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Jesus' name. Hush. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Anybody have a testimony? Testimony you'd like to share? Something that God did for you? Something that God did in your life, did in your presence? Glory to God. Yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Jesus told his disciples that he would give them peace, but not like the world gives. Be his peace. Praise the Lord. We thank God. Other testimony. Come on, God did something for you. He witnessed something that God did. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. Praise. Praise God. Glory to God. The Bible says that He supplies all of our needs. We believe Him. Praise God. Anybody else? Yes, sir.
Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Who else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, he is. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh huh. Uh -huh. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Yes, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes. Anyone else? I feel like there's healing going on also. You know, uh, uh, today at prayer, you know, I had my little list of things, a little thing for people. We're praying for healing for people. And uh, I, I felt something. I told God, I trust you, Lord. I believe that you're going to do what we ask. So I believe in people and healing of those of us that are sick or ill. And God is going to keep it well. Praise the Lord. For his glory. Anyone else? Anything else before we turn it over to Pastor Derek? We do have a message for us tonight. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Sylvester, you have something for us? Stand up, Mr. Sebastian, so we can hear you. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful, Sebastian. I'm sorry, what else? Thank you. Yeah, praise God. We thank him for it too, man. Praise the Lord. Okay, Pastor D. Praise, praise God. Father, in your name, Jesus, Lord, I thank you. I glorify you. I lift your name on high, Lord. Lord, I ask that I decrease, Lord, and that you increase, Lord, and your word be magnified unto your people, God. We thank you and we glorify you. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Um, tonight, I just want to take a little bit of time and talk about something that I titled, Your Unbelief is in the Way. Um, 
you know, uh, it's our unbelief that gets in the way of things that when we're trying to trust in God for something, he wants us to know that we all have the ability and power. Nothing will stop us if we just trust in him. And we often hear that we need we need to believe and we need to have faith. And of course, we say we do. But the problem is, is that we really don't put complete trust and rely on God with our issues. Like uh, I can give you an example for myself of many years ago. I remember that um, I wasn't feeling well. And um, this was a, a particular time where um, it wasn't it didn't seem like it was anything big or anything that was happening. But uh, I, I remember that I couldn't swallow on one side of my throat like it was like, you know, like there was a lump or something. And I got my tonsils out when I was probably, oh, gosh, the third grade or. Yeah. The, yeah, it was like third grade. I don't know. I, I know Camille would remember because, you know, she was the only one that really cared for me, you know what I mean, at that time, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's a funny story about that, you know. Um, but uh, really, what, but it felt like that feeling that I had back in the, the second grade or whatever it was when I got my tonsils out. And I thought, this is weird, you know. Um, and it was really hurting. And um, I remember I even, I, I thought, okay, I'm just going to lay hands on myself. And I laid hands on myself and I prayed. But the funny thing is this, is as soon as I got done praying, I went and got some Advil. I went and got some Advil and then I was sitting there, went and got some Mucinex, got a whole bunch of things that I, I thought I needed, you know. And uh, I, I realized that I didn't really have faith. I said I believed, but I really didn't have faith, you know. And uh, I, I remember, I, the reason I remember this is because it wasn't just like I just went and got some Advil in my cupboard or, or in my pantry or anything like that. I went and got a big, went to the store and got one of those big things at Advil, like, oh no, this is going to be here for a minute. And so I need to go get me the, you know, the hundred tablets or something like that to make sure that I can get through this pain. And I got myself some Claritin D and one of the things that made sure is this, that um, when, when I, 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 after I bought all those things, I recognized that I didn't even need them. It was, you know, uh, 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 maybe a day or so later, and I was sitting there thinking, man, that's crazy. And I said, no, God, I, I trust you. I believe you. But I didn't need, I ended up wasting money because of something I didn't even really need. And I didn't really believe that I was healed. See, I didn't even take the time to let God work. I was sitting there thinking, oh, I'm in so much pain. I prayed and I asked God to heal me. But as soon as I didn't feel that God was moving fast enough, I decided to take matters in my own hand. And I decided, oh, OK, well, I'm going to go get me this Advil, go get Claritin. I'm going to go take good care of myself. When knowing good and well that God takes better care of us than anybody. See, I didn't I could say that I really trusted God. I could say that I really believed in God, but mm, I didn't believe. I really didn't believe I did. I, 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 I understand now. And, and it gave me a great revelation when God was bringing this back to my memory that, no, sometimes we say we believe, but we really don't. Because the way that we act and the things that we're doing, it doesn't match up with what you what the word of God says and how you should trust him.
See, uh, I, I, I remember this. I remember clearly God telling me this, that he said, once you laid your hands on yourself, you were healed. But you decided that it was better for you to believe in Bayer than me. You decided that it was something else that was going to happen and, and, and get relief out of it. And because you were uncomfortable at that moment that you didn't decided that you didn't really need to trust me. But I need you to believe in me and understand that I that as long as you believe, nothing can stop. See, saints, we're like that sometimes. We're like that sometimes today. We know this, that the, the, the Bible says in Matthew 21 and 22, it says, In all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. And believing in this scripture means to believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance, to believe in, to have confidence in, to ha uh, have faith in, to trust, uh, to have full trust in the Lord. This means that Jesus is telling us that we have to accept the word or, or as evidence and as truth that and you have complete trust and reliance on him when you're asking in prayer for something. Now, for some reason, uh, I, 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 like I said, I, I just stopped taking it. And it wasn't until God realized that I didn't need it. I, I just needed to trust in him. See, you know, God wants to heal you, but. If we don't believe, then we can't receive it. Our faith is what makes a difference. Uh, in Matthew 6, 5 through 6, it says, And he could there do no mighty work, save that, the, that he laid his hands on a, uh, upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. You know, we mostly know this scripture and it's talking about how Jesus was in the country and, and, and he was uh, he was not uh, and he was not able to heal people uh, because of their unbelief. Jesus wants to perform miracles. He wants people to be healed. He wants us to walk with the power that he's given us. But if we don't believe, then how can he actually do it? God wants us to live by faith. We say we, we say we do. We quote the scripture, but always, we don't always believe that he will. See, uh, the issue is, is that we do not allow God to fix our issues, whether it's a sore throat or healing us from cancer. It takes the same faith for us to believe that God will heal that person at work than it does that, that you trust in God to pay your bills when you don't have it. You just have to have faith. You just have to believe in him. God is in control of all of it. He's able to do so. So we just have to believe and we have to make sure that our, our unbelief is not in the way. See, your unbelief is what makes, uh, what makes you, uh, what stops you from having the things that God wants you to do. Um, if, if, if we read this in Matthew 13, 54 through 58, We'll understand something about how us as humans can be at times. Um, the Bible says that uh, uh, this part trips me out a little bit. It says that people were offended by Christ. If you look at the account in Matthew 15 or 13 through 54 through 58, it says, and when he was coming to the into his own country and he taught them there in the synagogue and so much that they were astonished and said, whence hath this man 
uh, this wisdom and these mighty works? Is it not the car this car the carpenter's son? Is it not uh, his mother not called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Or are they not all all with us? And whence when he had had this man uh, with all this man had these all these things and they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save his own country and his own and his own house. And he did not many works because of their unbelief. In verse 57, it says that they were offended in him. And this means to scandalize, to entrap, that is to trip up, to stumble, or to entice apostasy, which means an act of refusing to continue to follow or obey and recognize a religious faith or displeasure uh, to make to offend, to cause someone to experience an anger or shock uh, because of what they had said or done to cause someone to be offended, to be offended. See, this means that Jesus's presence and teaching caused them to be angry and act of refusing to continue to follow and obey a recognized religious faith. Now, not like Jesus was teaching anything that was crazy or anything like that. And he was trying to cause them to sin. But their, his very presence made them to be offended by the things that he was saying. But they were challenged by the call of his life. And who he was and who he was made up to be. And, and, and it made them upset. And the Bible says that uh, the way that it talks about it is, is that they were offended in him. And, uh, and one commentary says that they took offense at his humble birth and his circumstances of his family. That they were too proud to be taught by one in his family connections that they were to be equal or inferior with. So if you look at it like this, they were offended that a man that they thought was nothing was teaching them something. That they, he, this is somebody you don't have any value. I look at, I don't see you as anybody. How are you going to come and tell me where'd you get all this wisdom? Where'd you get all this knowledge from? Ain't your daddy a carpenter? Ain't your mama Mary? The one that they say, you know, had a virgin birth. All that type of stuff. See, they had an issue with his call of who he was called to be. They were offended at his circumstances of what it looked like his family was like of his humble birth. They took a problem with them thinking that this is somebody who's supposed to be of equal to me or below me. And he gonna tell me what to say or what to do. He's going to tell me how to live. See, their unbelief got in the way. They were thinking in the carnal way. They were thinking like uh, uh, they didn't understand how God would actually work, how he was going to take on of a humble servant, that he was taking on somebody who was not to be of anything. See, if you were listening to the things that God was saying, you might have received what God was telling you. See, a, a, a lot of us like are like this because we have to get taught by somebody that we think has a certain value or an understanding before we hear what God says to them. See, if a bum come up off the street, you probably not likely to hear him, God saying. But if God has something to say to you, 
we know he'll speak to you through a donkey if he has to. So you should be willing or we should be willing to hear whatever God says, whoever God wants to use. See, God says that he knows that some of us have this issue. We get caught up on someone's lack of intelligence or stature in the world because uh, uh, they are family or you think that you don't, they don't have to li- you don't have to listen to them. For example, like children with their parents. Now, this is very common. They don't think that they have to listen to their mama or their daddies. But God set them up to do this for you to hear him. They lived a life that God is doing so that way they should be ones that's ministering to you and telling you things, but you don't want to listen. So you find yourself in situations that's not necessarily right. You may be sitting here wondering why you're not getting healed, why you're not getting better, why crazy things are always happening to you. But the problem is it's not because you don't have faith, but it's because you do. You have more unbelief than faith. Your unbelief is what's in the way. You don't really trust God. You don't really surrender to God. See, someone may have offended you just because they were being like Jesus too. Sometimes we prefer to have someone we think is of value to tell us something, but we can't deny the power of God in anyone. Whatever God says, that's what we go with. See, we just need to believe in him. See, he's trying to get us over ourselves to be moved in faith. It is our uh, unbelief that gets in the way. See, uh, uh, God is trying to get us to truly, truly trust in him. Nothing else but him. See, uh, the apostles even had problems with believing. Uh, They didn't believe that Jesus was really raised from the dead. They, They had to be told two times and then they had to be rebuked when they when he appeared to them. To get them to believe. In Mark 16, 10 through 14, and it says, And she went and and told them that they had been with them. And as they they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and and had been seen of her, believed not. After that, he appeared in another form unto two, uh, two, uh, two of them as they walked and went into the country. And when they uh, and, and they and they went and told it in the, in the residue, uh, uh, neither believed them. And afterward, he appeared unto the eleven and sat at, uh, sat at meat and upbraided them and their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. See, Mary Magdalene was first. Uh, they didn't believe her. She saw, saw him and Jesus told him, now, now go tell them. Go, go, go see. Go tell them. And she believed and, and they didn't. They, uh, they think of, uh, uh, they, they must have thought, um, she, I, I, I don't know, but you have to think of this. Like, you have to think how she must have felt going to the people that were with him. Because that's what the scripture says in verse 10 is that he, Jesus told her, he, she went and told them that had been with them. She knew that the apostles, the, the disciples, you know Jesus. When I'm telling you this, you should already know. You should already have an understanding that Christ is risen. That's what he told us that he was going to do. But you must have thought, yeah, I, I had to think of what she would have felt like going to people 
that knew who Jesus was, had a great relationship with him, a better relationship than I have with him, that I saw Jesus and you don't believe that I'm telling you the truth. That could have shaken her faith. That could have said, oh, I guess I won't follow them no more. I guess I, but you don't hear anything like that. You don't, that's not what happened. Then Jesus went and appeared to the two, uh, two of them as they were walking in the country. He was having a conversation with them. If you read in uh, 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 John's account, he had a whole conversation with them and was speaking to them. And they didn't even know it was Jesus. And they were having this whole thing. And they realized, oh, as, as Jesus went away, oh, that must have been the Lord. Yeah, who, who was that? That man was speaking of power. See, you have to understand some things that the devil doesn't want you to believe. He doesn't want you to. He wants some things to get in your way because he knows the power and the ability that you have. As a matter of fact, if you understand what was happening at this point in time in the scripture, when it's talking about Mark, you you'll notice that the next two scriptures is where Jesus gives the great commission. He's telling them, no, this is what you need to do. You need to go out into the world and baptize people and tell them of my gospel and preach them to the preach it to them. And those that are healed will be healed. And, and, and all of those things that he's explaining to them. But I, I, Jesus got to get you prepared to believe first. I went, I sent two people before you. I sent three messengers before you. But you won't believe. See. When, when after all of that, the Bible says in John's account after, that after he appeared to them, this is where I'm sure that they got them to believe. Uh, and because, you know, after that happened, like I said, it talked about the Great Commission and everything else that that they call the Great Commission, uh, baptizing them in the name. And, you know, if you read in Mark 16, 15 through 18 and obviously Matthew 28 and 19. It, it, it explains to you what it's talking about. But in, in John 21, 1 through 8, it says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples to the, uh, at the Sea of Tiberias, and, uh, and on the wise showed him he himself. Um, there, were to, there were together Simon Peter and, time, uh, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and the two of the other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that they and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Uh, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew that it was not Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were un not able to draw it from the multitude, from the multitude of, of fishes. Therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. And now when Simon heard that it was the Lord, he girt his, his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but it was there two hundred cubits, uh, dragging the nets with the fishes. 
See, Jesus appeared to the disciples uh, to, uh, to the disciples to believe twice. This was already after that he had told them, "No, I need you to go ahead and tell people what they need what, what I'm about." The thing that we need to understand is that Jesus spoke to them the first time. He rebuked them. He told them, well, why didn't you believe? What are you doing? I sent people to you. I let them know who it was happening. And he rebuked them. And this time he was now showing them and preaching them. And he explained to them at that time, though, I need you to go baptize people in my name. I need to go. You need to go to preach the gospel to everyone. But you out here taking yourself fishing because you aren't convinced that you need to do what God told you to do Jesus already explained to you what he called you to do he already told you I need people to be saved once I descend up from heaven that's it brother I'm going to send my spirit out unto you and you all are going to be the ones that's going out and teaching and preaching the gospel you sitting around here acting as if I didn't already just come and talk to you. Now I got to help you believe again. See, sometimes we are not following the instructions of what Jesus says. He heard the, they, they heard the voice of Jesus. They heard the voice of God. Then they were in the place where they, they, they could be blessed. See, Jesus is saying the same thing to us tonight, saints. Listen to him, trust in him, and do what he says, and your nets will be overflowing. Your nets will be overflowing. You don't have to worry about anything. See, Jesus didn't come back and rebuke them again. He didn't come back and tell them all this thing. You know, because Thomas, right? if you read in John, and John uh, 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 20, you hear that Thomas, that's when Thomas didn't believe. That Jesus had to come and show him. No, put your hand here. And he had a great revelation. My Lord and my God. No, you are the living God. You are the one. No, I didn't believe that you had risen, but oh my God, you are the one. But you out here fishing too. You out here with Peter and just out here just doing whatever you think. See, sometimes you're in a place where you shouldn't be. But God has you in that place so he can come to you and afar tell you what to do. And show you how your nets will be overflowing. But all you have to do is just listen to him. Just have faith and believe in him. All you have to do is just trust him. See, he just he, he, he sometimes. We have to make sure that we're not full of doubt. You know, uh, uh, we uh, we do religious activities at times, like, you know, come to church. We uh, tell people that we're Christian. We uh, may even, you know, witness and tell people about it, but we don't really necessarily believe it for ourselves. You know, those type of things that you may actually do, but you have full of doubt in your heart. There's something creeping in the back of your mind telling you, oh, no, that's not working. Obviously, we know it's the enemy. But you start to believe it. You start to hold on to it because the devil knows that if you believe, he already says in Matthew 21 uh, uh, in Matthew 21 and 22, and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, have, you shall receive. 
So if he knows that, he knows that he's going to lose. So he knows that if your faith isn't completely solid in Christ, that he can start whispering some things in your ear and it'll cause you to doubt, cause you not to believe. And then next thing you know, your heart is full of doubt. But what I tell you is this, you, you, you should be like the young man's father who was filled with the, who had uh, spirits on him. You should ask God to help you with your unbelief. In Mark 9, 23 and 24, it says, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth." And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. See, uh, Jesus told the father uh, of the young man that was possessed, if you can believe, if you believe to the extent and complete trust and reliance in me, that have faith in me, have trust in me, and understand that all things are possible to him that believe like this. Then the father did something that I've never even paid attention to. The Bible says that he then cried out with tears. I've never noticed that before. I've always paid more focus into just the scripture where, or the, the part where it says, Lord, I believe and help my unbelief. But the, the part that I thought about, God told me this is that, no, the father was full of doubt. Because you have to understand something. He just brought his son to the disciples. The disciples weren't in the process of healing people and doing great miracles and doing all these things because God had given them that power, that ability at that time. So this man brings his child, brings his son, who's full of this demonic spirit that's causing him to do crazy things. And he brings him to the disciples and they're not able to do it. You know, and then Jesus goes on and talks about, uh, uh, oh, you faithless generation, all of those type of things. But then he asked the father, how long has he been like this? Oh, since a child, all of those things, you know. But when he said this, I didn't realize, oh, the reason why he's speaking, you know, Jesus doesn't just waste words. The reason why he's saying this to him is because obviously you don't believe. No, because, you know, Jesus knows what's in your heart. He knows what's in your mind and he's always going to fix the issue. So before I go and pray for this young man, before I go ahead and release him of this spirit, I need you to know, father of the boy. That do you really believe? Do you really trust me? Do you really think that I'm able to do this? And the father cried. He cried, the Bible says. He cried out with tears in his eyes. See, this is what's so, so, like, I was so moved by this. If you read it in the Amplified Version, in Mark 9 and 24, it says, And at, at once the father of the boy gave an eager, piercing, inarticulate cry with tears. And he said, Lord, I believe. Constantly help my weakness of faith. Constantly help my faith. No, Lord, I don't believe. No, God, I, I, I need you to be the one that helps me. And he cried. The Bible says that he he cried eagerly and a piercing like, you know, them ugly cries. 
you know, those cries that you, because you, the Bible says he was in our, uh, he couldn't even articulate what he was trying to say. He was crying, 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 crying to the point where he started speaking and he finally said, Lord, help me to believe. No, help me constantly. I believe, Lord, I know that you're able to, but God, help my issue right now with my doubt. You have to constantly help me with that. See, I need you to constantly help me with my weak faith. See, without Christ telling him that, if you can believe all things are possible, the father of the boy doesn't get to the point of crying out with a piercing, inarticulate cry and asking God to help him constantly with his weakness of faith. Sometimes you're going to be in a position where things don't seem like they're working. You're tired. You don't have anything else that's going on with you. But all you need to do is just tell God, Lord, constantly help my weakness of faith. Constantly help me, help me to believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, cast out, Lord, anything that doesn't believe, that, I, that doesn't make me to believe. Because I don't want my unbelief to get in the way. I don't want anything to hinder me. I don't want anything to hinder the life that you called me to live in. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, she's seen doctors and spent all of her money trying to get the issues fixed. But she said within herself, I shall be whole if I can just touch Jesus. In Mark 5, 27 through 29, it says, and she heard of Jesus, came in and the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of, the, of, of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. See, when she said, I, if I may just touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. I don't know about you, but it just reminds me of if I just pray. If I just pray with all that I have. If I have, if go in there believing and trusting in God, knowing that God is able to fix it, that in Matthew 21 and 22, because she didn't doubt. I, no, this is it. This is my last hope. This is all I have. I'm going, I'm pressing through. I'm going to find a way to get to you, Lord, so that way I can be whole. And we know that made a difference because the Bible says immediately it dried up. The issue that she had been dealing with for 12 years, it is gone now. The plague she was healed of. See, it was her faith that made a difference. She believed that she believed that God was able to heal her, and he did. She had this condition for 12 years, and she went to everybody, like I said, every doctor, every specialist, everything that she could think of, but it was her faith that made a difference. She, it, it, you see, nothing got in the way of her. Uh, no, there was no unbelief that got in the way of her. God wants to make sure our unbelief is not in the way. We have to make up our minds and tell God, I'm not going to doubt any longer. You don't say that you don't believe, but you know, you're just following traditions and religious acts. But tell God, I don't want to be, I don't want you to offend me anymore. I just want to have faith that makes a difference. I just want to make sure, Lord, that I don't have any unbelief that gets in the way of how you're moving. See, I just want to, you to perform miracles in my life. 
like you always have. Even when I didn't see it, you're still moving, God. Father, in your name, Jesus, Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, right now, Lord, we bind doubt right now in your name, Jesus. Lord, we know, Lord, that there may be some circumstances in our life, Lord, that seem like, Lord, can't be fixed, God. But it's you, oh God, that we're depending upon, Lord. We're trusting in you, God. Lord, we're, our hope and our, our entire belief system is in you, Lord. Our complete confidence, Lord, is in you, Jesus. Lord, we want to have faith that makes a difference in our life, Lord. Lord, help us, Lord, with our unbelief, Lord, right now, God. Lord, we're crying out to you right now, Lord. Lord, we're asking you, Lord, to constantly help the weakness of our faith, Lord. Constantly continue, Lord. Continue, Lord. Continue, Lord. Continue to uplift us, Lord. Continue to make us to believe, Lord. Continue to give us hope, God. Lord, right now, Lord, fix every situation, Lord. Lord, let us not put it in our own hands anymore, Lord. Let us not try and do anything to fix it, Lord. But let us truly, truly depend upon you, Jesus. Let us truly, truly, God, lay it all in your hands, Lord. Lord, we know, Lord, whatever we shall ask, Lord, in prayer, Lord, believing, Lord, having our extent complete trust in you, Lord, or complete reliance in you, Lord. Lord, we know, Lord, that we shall receive, Lord. We completely trust in you, Jesus. We completely surrender unto you, Lord, right now, God. Yeah. Fix us, Lord, right now, God. Change our hearts and our minds, Lord, and direct them to you, Lord. Lord, let us hear the signs or let us see the signs that you've given us, Lord. Lord, those breadcrumbs that you may have done, Lord. Of hope, Lord, that we have, Lord. The confirmation that you've given us, Lord. Let us be excited, Lord, that you've done something great in us already, Lord. And we know that you can do it again, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that our unbelief not get in the way. And we trust and we believe in you. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we pray. We say amen.